One pro to having bright energy is everybody wants some of it. Everybody wants to be around you. You have an aura and people are drawn. And the main con to having bright energy is everybody wants to be around you. You have an aura and people want some of it and they want to be around. Get in here, let's talk. Y'all already know, it's the Be Myself and I podcast with the inimitable, original, the unmesswittable BB. And I don't have time to sit around here arguing with y'all, so go ahead and drop my beat. Oh. and I, we like to drop nuggets. A nugget is a little something you could use, a little word, a little something in your ears, a little something in your head, a little something that you might be able to take and apply to your life, whether it's a bit of wisdom or instruction. And you know the Bible say only fools despise that. Now listen up for this nugget. If I learned anything in 2023 after a move to Atlanta and meeting people and trying to figure out how to navigate this city, I learned you cannot have everybody in your ear. If you want to be better, set your sights on the Lord, forsaking all other influences. I got to tell you, I've been going in circles with people I meet. Everybody wants to be my dang on therapist. But my advice has no value to them, mind you. They give me advice, but when I give advice, it's like, you don't know nothing. You're the one that needs advice. And that makes sense. I mean, you you can't be the therapist and the person on the couch. So when you form a relationship with someone where they have positioned themselves as the therapist and you're the person on the couch, those roles can't really be reversed within the relationship. There's no give and take. These people I meet tell me who I am, what my flaws are, and then I get hung up on their perceptions And I'm cut all over again. Truly, there's nothing wrong with being cut. But who cut you? Who cut you? Because when the Lord breaks you, the damage is necessary to prepare you for his purpose for your life. When other people cut into me, I question myself. I revert back to bad habits of self-sabotage and start doing whatever they say I need to do because I'm trying to improve the image of me that they imposed on me and my character after a few months of what? Gossiping about me with, with other people from my past who have some incorrect perception of me themselves? Come on, man. I don't mind the pain that comes with growing in the spirit. I recognize it. I've been through it a billion times as God has been working on me. But when there is pain attached to growing in a relationship with a person, I mind. I am a firm believer that relationships should come together easily. When there's pressure or force, I know it's not right. When I'm participating in a relationship that makes me feel like I'm going against my first mind. It just never feels right to me. But why do I engage? Why would I engage? Well, because of the people in my ear. There's always somebody telling me what I need to do and what's right for me and who is right for me. But I fail to consider the source. Frankly, a lot of people who don't view me as a human being and see me as a figure, an object, or some kind of famous person, are the same ones urging me against my first mind. But my first mind is never wrong. And when I don't follow it, I fall. Checky Nuggies. Because I have struggled so long with my own self-esteem, I have an issue of not always being able to see myself correctly or in the most positive light. And people come around and they notice and they tell me, you know, just I'm waiting on you to really see how amazing you are, how beautiful you are. I wish you could see yourself for who you are. And the thing about it is it becomes more and more difficult to see yourself when the people who are urging you to try to do so are 
also the people imposing their perceptions of you onto you. So I realized in this chapter that I thought I was starting to see myself and I really wasn't. I was seeing other people's image of me. And it doesn't work for me because it is simply incorrect. See, one thing about me, I am honest. I have been slammed repeatedly for oversharing when the truth of the matter is I'm just being myself. I'm just being honest. I don't mean to overshare, but people ask me personal questions all the time, which is none of their business. And I'm not going to lie. I often answer questions honestly that I don't want to answer honestly. And then I try to avoid people so that I don't have to answer questions because I've figured out that I'm, I have to lie sometimes simply to keep people out of my business, to keep something for myself. I find myself lying just because I don't want to share the real truth with you because it's none of your business. But you were so bold to look me dead in my eye and ask me a personal question or something about my life and my knee-jerk response is always going to be to tell the truth. So now I'm oversharing, okay? But you could just mind your business and not ask me a bunch of questions about myself, right? I mean, would it be that hard? <laughs> you could just mind your business. And I recognize that people don't mind their business. It's a world of social media. Everybody's going berserk about what is going on in everybody daggone house except for their own. And then when they want to see what's going on in their house, they're only going to show you the glitz and the glamour. But... I just am not built like that. I'm going to tell it when it's good. I'm going to tell it when it's bad. I'm going to tell the good, the bad, the ugly. And I don't have no problem with that. But then it taught me that I'm not for everybody. And I can't have relationships with everybody. Because I am a lot to take. And people can't take me. And they spend so much time like getting lost in my aesthetic. And the personality. And the art. And never really just look at me. And I just feel that, you know, and I don't even want to say nothing. I don't want to talk shit, but I just feel like people can be so selfish and into their own shit and don't even realize that they have told themselves that they're some selfless person and they're doing things out of the goodness of their heart. But in reality, there's always some kind of personal gain. But listen, we all are selfish. I'm selfish. Everyone is pretty much self-driven. And I believe we are supposed to be. But it's just about knowing when you're really doing something for yourself and not getting that shit twisted with me. Because people get it twisted with me all the time and think because they have come in at a moment of my weakness that they're being selfless. When they're still not, you're actually being you're preying on somebody. Oh, I'm going to employ you to work because you're going through something. Okay, well, do it. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've gone through something and people knew and then swooped in to help, I say in quotations, but really they were just trying to take advantage of the fact that I was going through something. So, hey, now I can get something I've always wanted from you at a discount. Now I can have you do, you know, work for me outside of the work you do. Now I can pass you on to somebody, give a referral, but the referral is crap because you're referring them, referring me to do stuff that I don't do. And I'll tell you why that's problematic for me and insulting because I do a lot out of everything I do. You can't find something that I do that you can support. No, it's I need you to do this thing that's similar to your business, but it's different and I need you to do it. And so now I'm, how oh, you like a hundred bucks? What? My work is very valuable and I long been out of the position where I took less than a hundred dollars for anything. Shoot, I'm almost at the spot where I usually don't have to move or my businesses, you know, require at least two hundred dollars is spent. And so it's frustrating. It's frustrating having people around you who are, you know, put who have a good face, 
and they're not really helping you. In fact, they're hurting you again and again. In fact, everything they do to help you leads to some new destruction. And then they just won't stop. They're relentless. It's almost like they got to help you so that to erase what, when they, I don't know what's going on, but it's like, if I try to do something for somebody a couple of times and it doesn't go so well, I'm going to just stop. But I just find that people get like super obsessed with helping me. And it gets to the point where if it's now an obsession, I don't see where it can be selfless. You are now listening to Be Myself and I. I'm BB. Get in here, let's talk. At first, we started out real cool. On Address It, we address real-life situations happening in the world or in my life. Let's go. I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and I will not stop saying I came here with 43 knives in my back. I have been betrayed so bad in my city by so many people, left for dead by my best friends, just abandoned as I started coming up. So many people just had so many... I don't know. I have no idea, but it just didn't go so well after going viral and getting super popular in my hometown. It was like there were too many people who just wanted access to me, and the people who had already had all the access to me in the world now wanted to present themselves as, you know, behind me or with me, and truth be told... Like, one of my best friends who wanted to be all up in my mix after I went viral, they had just been ignoring me and trying to drop me as a friend. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with saying I don't want any friends because of the past, sure, but because of my present as well. I'm just in a place where I'm trying to figure me out. And I have had so many people in my face for a couple years now, and I just want them out because I need some privacy. And that's the price of fame, right? Like, you never get any privacy. And it is just extremely disheartening, hurtful, all of the above. But I'm working. I'm trying. You know, I'm doing my best. And... Uh, most recently, I just decided to very abruptly end my association with someone who has been really on my nerves. If I could just say it, just on my nerves. Uh, on my nerves. I like them. I'm interested in them. And, you know, but I wanted to love from a distance. And while... It was allowed to a point. It's almost it was almost a situation like out of sight, out of mind. But when you, we get together, it's I'll just put it like this. I'm an energy person. That's what I what I operate off of. My son can even tell you that almost every time that I go and spend like a whole day with this person, I come back so agitated, so angry, just grinding my teeth and frustrated. You know, I just, uh, I remember a particular day I was hanging with them and it's like we're both ADHD and it clashes. Like I will be, you know, woke up, took my medicine. My brain is calm. I'm calm. I know what I need to do and I want to do it. And I hook up with this person so that I can do the things that I want to do. They would take me to their workspace where I, I really enjoyed going to the workspace Because the workspace was really cool, but then I had to realize that every time I go to the workspace with this person, I don't get what I wanted to get done, done. Because I sit down, I start opening up my notebooks, my computer and everything, and it's just, what are you doing? What are you doing now? What are your tasks? Did you write down what you needed to do? Just like riding me like I'm a freaking child. And the last time I hung out at the workspace with the person, I was advised that I needed to sit down and write an apology letter to someone that they knew that I had, you know, had met. And it was just like, oh, my God, this doesn't work. (laughs) Every time I go out, like, we're supposed to do one thing, and then we end up doing a billion things, and then it's all these ideas, and 
One of the things that really used to offend me very often is I'm going with you to work on my own projects that I already have going. I have three businesses that I'm trying to make money from, but I'm trying to work on this and you're trying to give me a different idea. You need to try this and try that and try this. And it's just overwhelming. Their energy is overwhelming for me. I realized that after, after I hang out with them, once I'm done, I just got all these new ideas, all these directives, all these new things that they're telling me I must do and need to do, and I'm trying to do the things that they're telling me to do, and I'm not doing what I want and need to do. It's like somebody almost like assumed that I don't take the time every morning and every night to get in my scripture, to get in my spirituality, and you know... Some of the things and the pieces of advice they gave me, great. They told me about some different books, some this and some that. But a lot of times it was like, okay, by the time I do all these 17 things that you're telling me to do, when am I supposed to actually do what I need to do for my spirit, what I need to do for my businesses, what I need to do for my family, what I need to do for my pocket? I'm not a freaking puppet. And I just feel like when somebody ain't around me, I can start getting back to my stuff, and as soon as they come back around and we start engaging, I'm a puppet again, and I don't like that feeling. And then I just started looking at the track record, okay? This has been seven months of getting closer to someone, letting them in my business, telling them my business, and ain't nothing working. The person tried to get me a job like as soon as I came here. Great job. Very much needed at a work from home position for a private practice. I did everything I was supposed to do. I went to the interview. I did the interview, uh, the second interview, the follow-up interview, and then somebody just never hired me. And I called and I wondered, like, what happened? And I mentioned it to the person that had recommended me, and they never really gave a, a response. I know what I think it might have been. But I can't say what it was for sure. Maybe she just didn't want me. That's possible. But I find it quite weird. I did this long, what, two-hour interview. Then, then I did another phone interview. I had everything I needed. And again, this job was, you know, needed. When I first moved to Atlanta, everything looked good. I had the job I had. I was lining up this other position. Every single thing that was lined up for me just fell through again and again and again. And when things would fall through and I was going to this person who had positioned themselves like a mentor, it was just never any kind of care or concern for what I was going to going through. It was always just, okay, that's enough. What's next? But can you explain why the job that you set me up for just fell through? Do you know anything? Oh, you know nothing. You know something. And okay... I'm upset and never mind that what's next, but what's next is for me to decide. I just really got sick and tired of somebody trying to be my puppeteer. Don't tell me what to do all the time. Don't tell me who I am. You don't know me. You know a social media personality and what a lot of people who know that same social media personality has told you about me. And let's just tell the truth. When I first moved here, somebody was constantly, my sister say, this person say, that person say, which let me know from Jump Street that you're gossiping about me. You're gossiping about me. You're always, this one say, and that one asks me, and this one, oh, girl, you got this one. Yeah, you're gossiping about me, and you're showing it, and you don't even realize that's what's going on. Because you're sitting around talking about me with people who do not know me, and you don't know me, and that's gossiping. Period. So, it is what it is. First job falls through. I was told, you know, I'll be the clean, their cleaning lady. That never happens. Okay, fine. I'm putting myself out in other places. I'm trying to do what I'm doing. Okay, now there's another job opportunity that came through. I started a fundraiser because I was really just frustrated. All my situations, everything I was trying to do for myself was just falling apart. So I finally started a fundraiser. And I'm going to pat myself on the back one time for my fundraiser because I realized that I did very well. I raised over $3,000 in a month. And I started checking out some people's GoFundMes. And I saw that there were a lot of people on GoFundMe who 
had raised money for certain things uh, similar to mine, but it had taken them a year. And that's when I realized, like, okay, I have a little bit more power than I thought I did. Um, so somebody presented a job opportunity to me. I was doing my fundraiser. I was trying to figure things out. It was working. But there were so many people who had so much negativity surrounding it. And then next thing you know, somebody is telling me, I got a job for you. We're going to pay $23 an hour. It's this and it's that. And they were setting it up for me. I said, okay. Once I found out more details about the job, where it was and what the position was, I didn't want it. That's just what it is. That's okay. I know what's best for me and I'm allowed to want what I want and not want what I don't want. But a big reason why I didn't want the job is because I was worried about transportation. The uh, place where we were even going to be training at was a little far from my house and would require Uber since it was outside of Atlanta and not going to be on the MARTA line, the bus line or anything else. So it was going to require me to have to Uber to and from work. When you Uber really far distances, especially in a city like Atlanta, it is extremely expensive and it would not have benefit me to have to Uber to this job to and from all the time. I was worried about the time frame if I'm working in the evenings and I'm getting off late at night and having to Uber home at 11 at midnight what that was going to mean for my pocket that Uber gets expensive the later at night it gets and it honestly just wasn't a position that I wanted to take. I don't like the company and that's my business. I don't want I didn't want to support the company. I have never worked for that company um, and prefer not to um and it just is what it is but because somebody was getting this position for me they pressured me well you sometimes we gotta move because you know where, where there's a will there's a way that's true so we first need a will and i already told you i don't have none so how is there gonna be a way i prayed on it i tried to just get myself excited about the position but the day of the interview I messed up and missed the interview. I called back. I got a second interview off of their advice again. I went to it and everything went wrong. And then it led to this infamous meltdown on a live that I did. I call it the yellow sweater meltdown because I had come back from this interview and I was just emotionally drained and all over the place. And I wanted to do a live to just kind of express what I was feeling. I was also in the midst of my fundraiser and knew, because I'm still a marketing person, that expressing myself really openly and kind of raw would help my fundraiser. And it did. After that nasty meltdown of a Yellow Sweater Live, I got in a lot more donations to help me, which was really beneficial. But also, I just kind of want to point out in this segment, I've addressed it. That this meltdown kind of happened and was the result of me going against my first mind because of the pressure from somebody else. I did not want to go and I went anyway because I felt like somebody was kind of making me go. What they specifically said was, you can't be like that. Oh, I got all kind of people pulling strings for you. I got all kind of, there are all kind of people working on your behalf in the background and just this guilt trip about why I got to do what they said that I don't want to do. And so it just, it flipped me out. It messed me up. I just, I flipped out on the live. I embarrassed myself even further. And I resented them for that, honestly, because, you know, I don't want to put blame on anybody, but they definitely were a part of the cause for this. You're not understanding me and what I go through and how I am. And even if you do understand me and what I go through and how I am, you are not respecting my boundary. I said, no, I'm not interested. I don't think I want to do this. I don't have a vehicle. This is far from home. Well, actually, once you get the job, it's going to be even closer and this and that. I hear you, but the job I had without a car was only not even 10 minutes away from my house and... When Beyonce was in town, I had to pay almost $50 to get to work and then from work. So in a city like Atlanta, that's cute and all until there's a concert. 
and now your $25 Uber is a $40 Uber. No, is my answer. I don't know why. I just don't why. Well, I know why. I have my reasons, but my reasons shouldn't matter. I just realized that I was in a relationship with someone and it was sort of like I'm the mentee, they're the mentor, but nothing I say actually matters when they're giving me directives. And then the thing they told me to do doesn't work or doesn't, you know, and now I'm just annoyed as hell. And then the final offense in this list of, you know, not, doing what they said they would do, not being who they said they would be, was the disrespect for my business. This was the most recent offense, and this was the one that made me say, okay, if I don't set this boundary, if I don't break these ties, I am going to continue to feel like shit, and I'm sick of this. I'm going to continue to have somebody giving me directions all the time that I don't want. I tried your directions. I tried your suggestions. I did almost everything you told me to do. And I didn't see myself any better. In fact, there was a piece of advice this person gave me that messed me up in my head for several months. And I took it and it stilled me and it gave me chills. And it was like, oh my God, they're right. And... They weren't right. I disagree. I changed my mind. What they said to me was, your skills and talent keeps putting you in rooms where your character won't let you stay. And see me, I'm an intellectual. That was mean. <laughs> it was very mean. When it hit me, the, my first reaction was, wow. And I accepted it about myself. I believed it. And then I operated on it. Like, okay, I gotta, I'm, I'm still, a, I'm a bad, I gotta fix my character. There's things I need to fix. And there's still, now I'm stressed out about my character and being a bad person. Forgetting that character is all I'm about. It's all I've been working on. When this person wasn't watching my lives, when they didn't know nothing about me or what I really did on the regular they would have no idea that character is all I discuss. My nonprofit is about character and self-improvement and building character. So when they told me that, it stilled me and it backed me up and it quieted me and it gave me all this stress about who I was because it was wrong. And it challenged everything I have been working on forever. See, it's easy for people to look at my situation and look at what... Other people tell me and people who have fallen out with me say and decide that it's me. I'm the bad apple. I'm the bad person. I don't got, I got character flaws like crazy because people don't realize that it's actually the majority of the world is wrong. There's only a few people that actually lives right and righteously and follow the way of Jesus for real and are pure of heart for real and serious and deep about their spiritual connection with the divine, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one true God and three persons for real. I'm one of them people who do that thing for real. So when that person told me that my character was my problem, I accepted it and thought it was just one of those tough love type situations. But that thing just messed up in my spirit. It just stuck on me and hung on me and ate me up because that assessment of me has no regard for how good I am. I'm good, so good that I allow people who I don't know to tell me who I am for months and months and months, act on it and fall and fall and fall and not realizing that I'm operating off of lies. Whether they know they're lying or not, it's that's not my concern, but there are lies. So, no. I, my talent and skill put me in rooms that I'm supposed to be in. And if I can't stay, it's because the energy in the room wasn't right for me. See, I'm supposed to be in rooms where I can shine. I'm supposed to be in rooms where I can shine brighter and allow my light to warm everybody else in the room. Hell, my light can warm the whole room. I'm supposed to be in rooms like that. But when my light starts expelling darkness from the room and people in the room are attached to their darkness, 
They don't leave the room. It was they were there first. They put the light out and that's me and go back to their darkness. I rebuke that idea that my skills and talent keep putting me in rooms that my character won't let me stay. Actually, it's the people's character around me that is so opposite of what I truly believe in and ascribe to that leads to me having to leave most of the rooms that I'm in. But it's okay because that was God's plan because he has been calling me to isolation. He has been calling me to isolation. So yeah, I'm going to keep getting expelled from rooms because right now I don't really want you in no room. These people want you in the room because they want to eat you up. They want to take from you. They want some of your life. They want your energy. They want your influence. They want your blessing on their endeavors. But I, my God is saying, want you alone for me to finish putting my hand on you the way I'm trying to put my hand on you and not for you to continue to allow other people with a nice face, with some good, you know, advice, keep you alienated from me and my advice. Right now, I just want to talk to my Jesus. I just want to see what he got for me. But I keep allowing other people to distract me. And then I had to look at the humiliations from this person. See, one thing that helps me with dealing with people is when I get when I become humiliated, when they are able to humiliate me, to make me feel less than unattractive, unworthy. That is my biggest red flag. And I had to assess my situation with my mentor and realize that as a mentee, I wasn't feeling so good. I was actually feeling humiliated. From Jump Street, the first time this person joined my live, they body shamed me. They talked about how flat my butt was. One joke, two jokes, fine. But to sit there and go on and on was humiliating. You're on my platform, in front of my audience. They know me for being strong and outspoken, and you created an image of me that was completely different than the image that I have put out. I show strength all the time. I show confidence, but it was just embarrassing and humiliating for someone to join my life and out of nowhere just start talking about my body negatively. In front of all of my audience, I had an audience full of people and a new person joining my live, body shaming me in front of all of them. That was a very humiliating experience. Humiliating. And it bothered me and it let me know that I wanted to get somebody out of my life. Not even get them out of my life, but I was going to set a boundary. But by the time I got to the person who set the boundary, X, Y, Z, this person, that person, I'm telling about me and what I said and da 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 And it's like, I don't care about that. I put it out there. It was public. But just all these people being in my mix, in my ear, and so absorbed in everything I'm doing just fucked up the way I wanted to handle the humiliation. And then from it, after it, what I got was a lot of people who know the person telling me no. Forgive them. They're like this. They're like that. I don't have to do nothing I don't want to do. I'm allowed to follow my intuition in my own mind. Little do those people know advising me that this person is so good and they know them and they go way back that when somebody humiliates me, I know that that is my get the hell away from them saying no. It is what it is. But of course, I listened. Always trying to listen to the advice that I was given by all these people who are supposed to be so sanctified and holy and they know this person and they are anointed and this and that and the third. So, all right, let me listen. They're anointed. But fuck all that. How do I feel? How did I feel? I felt humiliated and like, okay, thank you. Good to know. I don't need to engage. And I didn't come in to engage with new friends anyway. So, boom. But I listened. So, let that go. But... I never let it go because I don't let shit like that go. I don't let shit like that go. It was heinous to me. It was disgusting. It was like when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. You showed me that you're someone who gossips, who puts people down, who likes talking about people's body, who likes making fun of women and women's bodies. You like to do that. You did it. 
I hung around you and I saw, you know, how you really are. You know, maybe not so sweet. It's cute to put on that sweet, good face. But you gossip about somebody in a second. I don't like that energy. That energy is what got me all the way from around my family. I don't like that energy of putting people down because that energy kept me down my entire life. My whole story is built on the people who were around me, who were supposed to be the ones helping me, loving me, caring for me, humiliating me since I was a child. So that humiliation was a lot deeper and something that I needed to handle the way I needed to handle it. I was very upset for, with myself for allowing people to tell me how to handle my situation. But it is what it is. So now that's the first humiliating. The second humiliations came in the form of someone constantly calling me and asking me about what was going on. Frankly, there was a lot of things going on. My light done been off, my, my heat done been off, all kinds of things been happening around me since I moved here that were not good because I lost my job, because I lost my car, I couldn't go to Charleston and make my money. I just, everything fell apart very quickly soon after I moved to Atlanta and now I got this new person <laughs> in my ear all the time posing as a friend but you're just nosy as hell i'm honest again so if you ask me a question you'll light off i'm gonna tell you the truth but i don't want to i would actually rather you get out of my business i don't come in your house and ask you nothing about what's going on in your house i might see people come and go and whatever and i don't ask you nothing I didn't ask you about the time I saw the cleaning lady leaving your house. And I'm like, oh, wow, you booked somebody else. And I'm sitting right here. And you know I'm having money problems and trying to pay to catch my rent up. And you're booking a whole nother cleaning service. I saw that that day. But I didn't ask you nothing because that's your business. Because the truth of the matter is I mind my business. But everybody also wants to mind my business. And it's driving me insane. And I just can't have it anymore. All these phone calls all the time just asking me what's going on in my house and what's in the refrigerator and just get out of my business. I'm doing what I need to do to get straight. I'm finding the places I need to find. I'm going where I need to go. I was very much doing everything to help myself. I had asked them for a ride once or twice and it wasn't. I didn't get it, so I didn't action no more. Now I take a live going to try to find... A government office to get some help, some government assistance, and one of the people who knows this person gone and tell them about me, and then they're going to tell me, yeah, I told them, and they said, why didn't you ask them, and y'all gossiping about me, game? Stop gossiping about me, and then telling me, and thinking that you're not telling me, but I can read through the lines. If y'all are telling me, oh, so-and-so said about this situation, about that situation, that means y'all be gossiping about me a lot. I can tell that. And that makes me uncomfortable and I don't want to be around a bunch of people gossiping about me because I got viewers and so-called fans to do that. The people who are close to me, I'm expecting them to want to get to know me and not to be sitting around talking about me all the time. I do not like that energy and when I come around them, I can feel it. How much you talk about me and that's gossip. But all y'all so holy, but y'all gossiping and y'all just need to cut it out. Cut it out with me. Because I don't play that fake holy mess. I can't stand that fake holy mess. Like, cut it out with me. You gossiping about me. That's cool. That's your business. But don't bring it to me. Because you're telling on yourself and telling me that. Although you say you so righteous and sanctified. You can't be that because you're grown as hell. Older than me. And still don't understand that. Like, it's not cool to sit around and talk about people's business. The next offense came in the form of someone taking some food that they bought for me. A random day, my heat was off. My lights were off. And my heat was on. My buddy called me and said, let's hang out. Would you want to ride with me? Let's go shopping. Okay, they took me shopping. They got me a bottle of wine, some groceries. Great. We spent some time running some errands. When we got back to the house, I went into my cold electric electricity-less house. Started turning on my gas, my gas stove because that's how I was warming the house. I had a situation where I was going to be having the funds to turn the lights back on the next day. But my neighbor came bursting into my house after dropping me off with the groceries they had bought for me. Um, once it got dark, I guess they realized that my house was still dark. So they came over and asked me 
what was going on. It was humiliating. I'm sitting in my house trying to warm it up with a stove. I'm layering up. Me and my son are getting ready to go to bed. We're trying to decide if we're just going to sleep together so we can be warmer. We're doing what we're doing. And then my neighbor knock on my door. I don't remember how my son opened it. or I said, come in. I don't know. But burst in. That's what they always do. Bursting in. And they were like, your light's off. And this wasn't the first time. So it was like, yes, they are. And they just, well, how are you going to cut the food I bought you? How are you keeping the food? I, I put it in the fridge. It just happened today. The fridge and everything is still cold. Everything in the freezer is still frozen. I, this ain't my first rodeo. You put it in the fridge. You don't open that fridge. Well, how are you going to cook? Well, my gas is still on. I'm, and me and my kids still need to eat dinner. I'm going to cook the dinner. And they said, no, you're going to come over to our house and have dinner with us. And they showed me where the food at. I opened the freezer. They went in my freezer and grabbed all of the food that they had just bought me, took it back. They left me the wine. They took the food back and said, I'll cook this and I'll call y'all when it's ready. And they went home and they cooked the food and they called us when it was ready. Um, the thing about it is that was enough food to feed me and my son for two or three dinners. And that was my plan to cook it all that night and then we would eat some that night the, the rest the next night the rest the next night and the next night we would have had power we would have had our power back and everything would have been fine and this one bad night of no power in my home would have been just my business and my my family's business and no one else's business and no one had to know and I didn't want even you to know. I don't know you. I've only known you a few months. And guess what? There are people that I have known my entire life who have put multiple daggers in my back. So excuse me if I want to be very discerning about everyone that wants to come into my life now. I don't care. That's my prerogative. No. That's a complete sentence. When they took that food back, it was just humiliating. Now me and my son went over and we had dinner with them and it was okay. But it was just gross, you know. At the end of the day, one reason, another reason why I don't like so many people in my business because, hey, you're married. That means that your husband has to know everything, too. I don't know them. I don't want all these people in my business. That's it. And the way you talk and gossip, that means your husband and whole family know all my business, all your family, all your sisters. All... And I'm sick of that. I can feel that energy. Think I can't feel that energy, that gossiping spirit? I know that gossiping spirit very well because it used to be on me. And I had to pray and study that thing off of me. And I don't like it. And I especially don't like knowing that someone is gossiping about me all the time because I ain't bothering nobody. I ain't hurting nobody. I'm just trying to get myself together. I don't want to hear nothing about what you got to say about me. Sorry. The next offense or humiliation came in the form of a gift. On Christmas Day, I believe somebody had reached out to me to to see the color purple I did end up going to see the color purple and it was cool but I woke up super early on Christmas and cooked and did all kinds of stuff and I had been sleeping by Christmas afternoon by the evening of Christmas I was sleeping my butt off I was tired I had gotten up at like five in the morning started baking and thinking about my mom and missing my family and doing what I wanted to do for my Christmas that's my prerogative and so by the afternoon, I was dead asleep. And then my son woke me up and said, hey, the neighbors invited us to go see Color Purple. I was all excited. I said, okay, great. They said, we need to be ready by a certain time. Get up. Let's go. I said, okay. I got up from my sleep. I took a shower. I got dressed. I did my little eyeliner and fixed my hair. I put on some clothes. I had to like hand wash something to have something to wear. Dried it real quick. Got ready to go. They were ready to go. They beeped the horn. My son went out before me grabbing a couple things, and then I tumbled out the door. I had been in a dead sleep. When I got to the car, I had brought the Christmas presents that I bought for my neighbor and their husband, and I was coming outside with that. I um got up to the car where my neighbor was in the passenger seat, and they said, we only had one ticket. And I said, oh, okay, no problem. And I meant that. I'm very laid back. I don't care. I was in a dead sleep, child. You actually just said some very good news. <laughs> like, I could go back to sleep. That's what I wanted to do. I, you know, I wanted to nap. I was sleeping. I wanted to get that good sleep. I had not been sleeping very much lately because the Diddy stuff, like, 
took over my life and I could not stop. I was so wrapped up in all that Diddy stuff. And so I, it's Christmas. I had a thousand reasons why I wanted to get back to my nap. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Here are your Christmas presents. Y'all enjoy the movie. Have a good deal. Have a good day. My son's in the backseat. He looks so sad. Like, oh no, he looks embarrassed too. Like, I didn't know that you weren't invited. It was just like, I really didn't mind. Y'all go see the color purple. That's cute. Went back in my house, immediately took off my shoes, stripped down and went straight back to sleep. Like, straight like that. Very happy. Okay, I was able to give y'all y'all Christmas presents. Juna's off. My son's off to do something fun for Christmas. Yay. It was good. But then I get a call from them and I saw the first call and I was ignored it and then I answered it and then I got another one. I answered it and they were like, hey, we got another ticket. You come on. I laughed. I said, I knew you were going to say that. And I kind of said it like that because I don't want to go. I really don't. I don't. I don't like surprises. I'm, sh You know, but then one part of it is when I was right before I fell asleep, I checked my phone and I saw that I had a missed call from the neighbor that I got prior to my son waking me up, which suggests that I was actually supposed to be the recipient of that one ticket. So then you go, hmm, you originally meant to take me to see this movie with you, but I guess I didn't answer because I was sleeping. So then you called my son and decided you would take him. Fine, but you see the like vindictiveness of that? Oh, you didn't answer my call. Now mind you, for some context, this person always fussing at me for not answering the phone. I don't like to answer my phone sometimes. Why? Because I don't want to. And I don't have to. If I don't want to, this is my phone. You don't pay no bill on this thing. And this was me trying to politely set a boundary. Like, I don't have to jump every time you say jump. When I come around you, that's pretty much the dynamic. I'm trying to tell you something or talk to you. And it's, wait, stop, do this. Wait, stop, do that. Get your pen out. Get your notebook out. Write this down. Do this. Do that. And it's like, I hate that. I really do. I do it to appease you. And hey, you might give me something I can use. And you have given me things I can use. But it's just this background of disrespect that makes me not susceptible to the advice a lot of the times. Because you don't respect what I say. You don't respect what I know about me. It's just you telling me what to do. Because, oh, you've been there. You've been there. I'm sure a lot of people have been here. Don't mean that your advice is going to be the advice that set me free. I really believe it's that word of God that's going to set me free. I'm serious about the word of God and reading the Bible and going to church. And you're not. We're not the same. So your advice is coming in the form of a lukewarm Christian. And I don't need that kind of, you know, I don't need that one. I don't need devout Christians advice because just because you claim to be a devout Christian and a super study of the word doesn't mean that you truly are. We know that the church, shoot the Bible, see when God come back, he going straight to the church. Why? Because that's where the most wicked people at. Let's tell the truth. But this was a humiliation, not just because, oh, you really meant for me to go, but I didn't answer. So you, you resented me for not answering my phone. So you invited my kid and tried to kick me out. That was very nasty and dirty what you tried to do. But then you felt bad and you realize you're doing it in front of my child. And you also realize that my child had no idea I wasn't invited because we're a duo. That's my baby. My baby love me. My baby immediately is going to assume that. Something is for us because we are a package deal. But it's all good. I don't have to go. But the humiliation came from when you, we got you another ticket. Come on. You told me not to, that you didn't have no space for me. I told you that was fine. I went in my house and went back to sleep. I'm now doing what I want to do. I'm doing what I want to do from the entire get-go. What I want to do right now on Christmas Day is take a nap. I can go see Color Purple when I'm ready to go see Color Purple. I want to take a nap now. I actually had plans to go see Color Purple, but I wanted to buy these shirts from one of my buddies who uh, makes who made these Color Purple shirts. And I wanted to get one for me and my son. And then we go when we can afford to go. No problem. You wanted to take me. That's a nice gesture. But I was sleeping. I missed it. Take my son. No problem. But to call me back and then like, come on. It's almost like that puppeteering shit again. Like, I'm not a puppet. You already said I'm not going. Okay, I'm fine with that. Now, you know, come on. Come on out that house. All right, but God damn it. Can I please be my own person? I came because you said you found a ticket and I immediately realized that means you bought me a ticket. So I don't want to waste your money. But I don't have a problem with going with the flow. And the flow was, I get to go back to my nap. 
Don't humiliate me by moving me around like I'm some kind of fucking rag doll. Go here, go there. Come with us. No, you can't come with us. Now you must come with us. Like, God damn it. And I went. The movie was great. It was a cool experience. Thank you. They actually bought us dinner too. Very cool. Sweet. Nice. You know, but God damn. Can I just be my own person? Can I just do what I want to do? Can you just stop moving me around and ragging me around like somebody damn rag doll? I am not a puppet. Stop trying to make me jump when you say jump. I'm really sick of it, which is why I've been trying to avoid you a little bit. Not all the way, but just back up some. And then the final offense, which has probably led to this podcast episode and led to me saying, okay, I got to get this person up out of my face for real, was this Charleston trip that went bad. See, I was supposed to go to Charleston and clean some houses. It started out with me going to Charleston to clean one house. Somebody booked me in Charleston about a month prior to their appointment. My neighbor had called me for some reason. I answered and well, maybe I had called them. I don't remember, but we were on the phone and I had this good news. I wanted to share that I had booked a house in Charleston. I was actually um, planning from the get go to outsource the job. My plan and what I had planned to say to my neighbor during our phone conversation was, I booked this job in Charleston, and it's a month out. So I have a month to find someone to do the job and train them to make sure it gets done correctly. I got a month. I can. I was thinking about, well, I already have it planned out to do a virtual training whenever I get some enough people hired for my job, but it just never went down because I didn't get enough people inquire for the work to do the virtual training I wanted to do. So... I was excited to tell them about this job, but that wasn't the information wasn't the Charleston cleaning. The information was it reminded me to get to finish developing my virtual training. I'm going to I've already booked the home. I'm going to finish developing my virtual training and I'm going to find somebody to do this job. And if I can get somebody to do this training and get them ready to do the job, then I'll book a few more because it's a heavily booking season for cleaning. It's Christmas. They're booking a cleaning Right after Christmas, it's like, oh, I could probably get three or four right in Charleston. Don't have to go to Charleston. But before I could even get all of my words out, all I got to say was I booked a house in Charleston and they where? Oh, it's on James Island. Well, how much? What's the, and how, when, how, when is it? Oh, like, it's like, well, and so I'm answering all their questions and I never got to say what I was trying to say, which was what my plan was to handle this cleaning. So they devised this whole plan for me to go to Charleston and do it. And of course, that would be best so I can make sure that I get all the money so that blah, 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 blah. So they kind of changed my game plan. Okay, well, listen, I can take you to Charleston. We can go. I'll go see my cousins on James Island when you go clean the house. And when you're done, we'll do this. We'll do that. Okay. They told me the date that they could do it. So I moved the clean. They actually had booked me for an earlier date. But they said we could go to Charleston on a different date. So I called the client back, moved the clean, changed my plan based on this person's plan. And then I started getting more inquiries for booking in Charleston. And so me thinking, okay, I'm going to Charleston. This person has agreed to take me. They told me what to do, find some place to stay. We'll go to Charleston. Like they said, I made this whole plan. And then when it was getting close to time to go to Charleston, I'm not hearing from them. I did hear from them one time, though, when they told me that they had somebody that they wanted me to clean their house. I said, okay, give them my website. That's a wrap. Yeah, it got that down to time for the trip. I called. I reached out. I didn't get no answer. And then on the day of the trip, well, before the trip, I started recognizing that we weren't going. I recognized we weren't going because they told me that I could pay them for taking me to Charleston with a cleaning for their home. I said, okay. So the week that we were supposed to be leaving for the trip, I reached out like the week before. I reached out and said, hey, let's plan your cleaning. Should we do Monday, Tuesday? Let's plan to clean your house. So I would like to have you paid before we leave. And they never responded to that. They never set that up. That was my tip off like we may not be going to Charleston. So luckily, and I'm glad I did this, I went and, you know, I had booked more cleans because, you know, there was a month between the time that we were supposed to be going. So I booked like three, four more houses because I'm like, okay, great. If I'm going to go to Charleston, I'm getting a free ride to Charleston. I'm going to make it 
work. Well, I subcontracted these jobs out because I knew we weren't going. And then I called to try to go anyway because I figured, if well, if we do go, it would be good for me to at least be able to show my face at these cleanings. But it wasn't set up. And so the day after I was supposed to go to Charleston, I texted them, I guess you went to Charleston without me because I didn't see their car. And I was like, oh, I guess they left without me. And they said, no, I'm still here in Atlanta. I called you to set up Charleston and you didn't answer. So I was like, what? So we planned something a month ago and I missed your call and you decided, well, that's that. I had reached out to them during the month to let them know I booked a couple other cleanings. I even told them that I owed a cleaning to the person who I was going to be staying with. And so I needed to do that cleaning. Like, they knew all of these things. And then they just, oh, well, you didn't answer my call, so to hell with you, was the attitude. And that Charleston trip didn't happen, and it cost me a lot of embarrassment, humiliation. I've been screaming on my page that I was coming to Charleston and I would be coming soon and everybody who wanted cleanings please book and I've been posting about it and that's how I got more cleans and then I just wasn't coming and then I looked freaking stupid and that was my final straw there's no way that you really are for me if something like that me not answering my phone missing your call is going to deter you from keeping your word to because you are assuming whatever you're assuming. It wasn't that if you think I'm not trying to be your friend, well, I don't have to be your friend in this situation. This is a transaction. You said you would take me someplace and I would need to pay you with this. I don't mind paying you. But then we don't set it up. And I've often long felt like a lot of the things they tell me they're going to do gets trumped somehow. I don't know if it's by their husband, but, but you know... Just like with the first job opportunity, like, you gave me this awesome opportunity, I went to the interview, and then it just fell through. Like, you have to look back and realize, like, hold on, I'm taking all these directions from you, I'm doing all these things, and every single time I listen to you, I get hurt again. I get hurt bad. I get humiliated. I feel shamed. I feel less than in front of my own child when you're coming into my house, taking back the food you bought. You know, interrupting the way I'm choosing to handle my dilemma. Quite frankly, I was totally going to let the Charleston trip slide. But when I finally get to talk to the person about it, you know, they dominate every conversation. So I'm not able to really finish expressing myself when I speak to them. And the conversation where I wanted to ask them, hey, what happened? turned into, hey, that person who I told you about wanted their house clean, they were going to go with someone else, but they're not available. But So I told them that you would clean it and you're going to take this amount of money. I'll take you and you can do that. And then, like, immediately I just felt icky. Like, I know you didn't just tell me what I'm going to accept for my business, but then I had to realize, yeah, well, you know, I've allowed you to tell me a lot of things and didn't fuss back, didn't set a boundary. So now you think you can tell me whatever you want to tell me. But that is disrespectful. I've had this business five years. This is my baby. Ain't nobody, I don't care who the hell they are, are going to come in and tell me how to do this. And if you're going to support my business, then you're going to support it. And I believe that people have to beware of those folks who give you advice and then treat you differently than the advice that they give you like their actions towards you contradict their advice someone had been advising me about my business this entire time and what to do and don't let them and don't take no calls and make sure they go to the website and know i don't have your phone number out there and i would take my phone number down so they can't do this and this but then you call it and coming in trying to make it what you want it to be so how are you telling me what to let i don't let nobody else play with my business and you playing with it don't play with me I don't like that. And it just didn't sit well with me when I started thinking like, hmm, you canceled my Charleston trip and now you're trying to get me to do a job that you've been know that you wanted me to do. Basically, on a day that we would have just been coming back from Charleston, if I had gone to Charleston, if we had gone to Charleston the way we were supposed to, it was no way I was going to do that trip because I would have just been coming back from cleaning three, four big-ass houses, tired, Christmas, New Year's, Eve is Sunday. And besides that, it's Sunday. I'm not open. 
I don't work on Sunday. I especially don't work on Sunday because my job is physical labor. I do honor the Sabbath and keep it holy and have since I was very young on Sundays, especially since I've recommitted to God. Sunday is my day. I do not clean on Sunday. And this Sunday for was New Year's Eve Sunday, so it was kind of important to me. It was a spiritual moment that I wanted to have. I already had slated to fast into the New Year. So, no. It was just, I hear you and... But no, like, it, it's just not convenient. I asked them on the phone, can we make this Saturday? Why? I'm going to be too busy. Okay, well, and I accepted that, but it's like, yeah, well, that's all the more reason why they need to go to the website and book through the website so they can pay the regular price because that would give me the funds that I need to get to them my way. And you're not the only person who can take me someplace. I got a little friend, a little man friend here and there. I got people I know somebody, I know someone who has, who does their own Ubering and, you know, like I would have found my way to my cleaning had they booked my cleaning the way they're supposed to book it on the website. And then I have, and if they book on the website, they cannot book for same day or next day. There's actually also a fee if someone books me same day or next day. There's all kinds of things that are just not being considered when you decided that you were going to book my services and puppet me around to do what you want me to do. And it's not okay because it's against my damn religion. And I mean the curse, but it's the truth because I'm sick and tired of people disrespecting me, my business, and most importantly, my relationship with God, which my plans for Sunday, December 31st, 2023, were surrounded in and rooted in my relationship with God. So no, you're not about to take that. And that's why I felt really good when I decided to change my mind. And I sure last minute said no. And oh well. And it's because I had to warn my spirit about it. I was going to just do it. Even though I didn't want to do it. But then they offended me yet again. And so that helped me do what I needed to do. The last offense came when I'm sitting in my house. And I am talking to a client who someone I subcontracted a job to in Charleston just did a terrible cleaning job for them. They sent me video. They were upset. They were saying that they were not going to pay the bat, pay their invoice. And it just, it was a conundrum. And I'm sitting there like frustrated because clearly I'm thinking about, God dang it, if I had gone to Charleston, if this person had kept their word, this wouldn't be happening. Now I'm losing, losing, losing. Most of my cleans in Charleston did not go well, and I lost them. There were people who wanted to be ongoing with me, and I lost them all together. I took this huge loss because I wasn't able to go to Charleston. Now you're trying to get me to do this other job, and it makes me feel like, hmm, is that why you didn't take me to Charleston? Because you needed me fresh-faced and ready to do the other thing that you decided you wanted me to do? And that's fine. I'm sitting in my house. I'm on the phone with the customer. It's like 8, 9 o'clock, and they're very upset. It's the 30th, and they're upset about the clean. The girl just left, and the girl's fussing at me because she want her money, but the client is saying they're not going to pay, and I'm trying to put this fire out. And somebody comes and beats on my door so hard and loud. I say, come in, because I have anxiety. And it shook me up how hard they knocked on the door. I live in a one-bedroom house, which they know you don't have to knock very loud at all. I'm on the phone trying to put a fire out. I say, come in. They come in, and they just loud and immediately in my face. And I'm like, hold on. I'm on the phone with a client. Something went wrong. Give me a second. I turn my back to them, and I try to finish this conversation. But they follow me. They're still talking. They're fussing about what we need to do tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to need you in place. I need your stuff in the car. We got to leave at this time. And then they're telling me that we're going to church. And it's a church I really like. They're going to take me to Pastor Darius Daniels Church. And I can get some oil prayed over if I want it. And blah, 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 blah. And now it's really messed up. Because again, I'm going to do this job for you. But I don't want to. And I don't like the way you disrespected my business, but I'm going to just uh, grit, grit my teeth and do it and just be happy and take the little money because I need it. And But now you're coming in here telling me that, you know, we're going to my favorite church ever. But after we get done, now I got to now get out of the spirit and then go work. So I'm going to leave church where I go to honor God and love God and worship God. 
and then leave there and then deny all of the principles that I keep for God. That was my eye opener. Like, hell no, I'm not going. I'm not doing the cleaning. And you know what? I'm kind of done with this relationship. And it is what it is. This is BB of Be Myself and I, the podcast under the nonprofit organization, The Betty Show. We are dedicated to self-esteem and in this year, 2024, we pray that you love yourself a little harder, set your boundaries a little stronger, and do what you need to get what you need out of your own life. Happy New Year from Be Myself and I. Oh, 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 oh,